Coast 104.5, up and at him in the morning. Super happy to have on the air with me, Lynn Compton. She is uh, District 4, San Luis Obispo County Supervisor. I like Lynn because she tells it like it is. She doesn't pull punches, but has a class and a style about her that I very much dig. She is my supervisor crush for sure. She is up and at him in the morning. Great to talk to you, Lynn. How are you? Hi, Adam. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am very well. I'm glad the weekend is almost here, as I'm sure you are. It's my birthday weekend. Is that right? Yes, it is. What are you going to do to celebrate your birthday? Don't, don't ask me how old oh I'm Oh, my God. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> I never would. And you are ageless, you can tell. Oh, yes. Oh, I, I knew I loved you for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have any plans. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just play it by ear. So, how is supervisor life? <laughs> well, it's it's better as of yesterday. Um, so we're be, beginning to move forward with opening our business back up. It's been a, a very difficult two months for all of our citizens, constituents, business owners, uh, and for us. Uh, you know, trying to move forward. So we got a little good news. I, I I'm sad that I feel happy that we're begging to just open a little bit. You know, I wish it were completely. And um, it's it's been hard the last two months for everybody. Is that almost, is it almost like a power negotiation? Because do you think almost they, because look at when, even a week or so ago, when Newsom said, okay, no beaches, it took like less than 48 hours and people were like, no, that's not going to work. Like that's not. And then yeah. he, kind of, he pulls it back a little bit. And then it's like, no, that, even that's not going to work. Okay. Because well, well, two, three days ago, he was saying three months for me to get a haircut, and now it's like a few weeks. So he must be feeling the business owners and uh, residents going, no, this can't happen. Well, I, I, it's really not a negotiation. Unfortunately, I wish it were a negotiation. We um, started the process uh, before Governor Newsom even had his requirements out, thinking we could negotiate, and we put together, as you're well aware, of our start plan, and we sent that up to Sacramento and said, look, you know, we're in good shape. We, we've had very few hospitalizations, never more than a handful of people at one time. Uh, you, in our county, if, if you contract this virus, you have a 99.5% chance of surviving it. We've had one death. So, you know, Governor, we're in really good shape. Can we move forward? And he shot that down right away, and then he came out with his own plan. So it really wasn't a negotiation. It was either you do this plan or you can't move forward. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I do believe that he's had a lot of pressure from business associations, uh, um, groups affiliated with small businesses, um, from, from everybody. Uh, and, and there are some counties that have bucked it. There are some cities that have bucked it, and they have suffered. I mean, he has sent letters to um, restaurants that, uh, threatening to revoke their ABC licenses, their liquor licenses to um, beauty salons for their cosmetology degrees, etc. So um, it hasn't really been a negotiation. I do believe that with pressure, things have eased up a little bit for him. I was reading an interesting article. I think it was in the New York Times, and it was about when pandemics end. And they end... They looked at pandemics over the history of time, and they end for basically two reasons. One, they find a cure or a vaccine, or it just burns itself out, and you know people move on. Or they end because of political reasons, and people get sick of locking down. They want their lives back, et cetera. So it was kind of an interesting article because we're seeing that happening. You know, I remember about a month ago, just driving on 101, and the cars were starting to come back on the road, and it was almost as busy as a regular workday. So I think people get fatigued with being locked at home and, and things change.
Indeed. We got Slow County Supervisor Lynn Compton, who's up and at him in the morning. And we're seeing things get polarized a bit, politicized a bit. But then you'll see some people who you know might fall this or that side of the aisle. Very different right now. It's just, it's very across the board. It's all over the board. I mean, there are, there are definitely people on, on both sides. And then there's the people in the middle that, you know, I would say I'm kind of more in the middle on this. I, I definitely yeah. want the businesses to get back, you know, opening. We, we cannot survive. We're looking at almost a $60 million budget deficit just in our county alone from being, you know, sheltered down for, for two months. Right, right. Uh, so, so we need to get back to work. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm also conscious that I have a daughter that has asthma. She's 19, and she has severe asthma, so I'm cautious with her. And I have a mother that has had lung cancer. She's 83, and I don't, I don't want her going out. She lives outside of Chicago, and I want her staying home. So, you know, I, I have a daughter and a mother that are in that precarious position where they will be more affected. If I got the virus, I'm, I believe I would survive it and probably not have many issues with it. In fact, I think I probably had it. Uh, the end of last year, I, I had went through a very severe cold normal, and yeah. I never get sick. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I, I want to protect everybody. And when you're in the middle, you make nobody happy. <laughs> oh, I totally know what you mean. Slow County Supervisor Lynn Compton is up and at him in the morning. More with her and the reopening of San Luis Obispo County coming up. It's Coast 104.5. Thanks for being up and at him. Slow County District Supervisor Lynn Compton is up and at him in the morning. Happy for her to be here on such an important day, the reopening of San Luis Obispo County happened yesterday with the announcement that came down in the afternoon. Everyone's like, what? And I'm not sure anybody got it in time together to open up yesterday, but I'm sure you're going to see a lot of things happen by the weekend. I mean, we're heading into a Memorial Day weekend. My question for you, Lynn, and thanks for being here again, the masks. This has been an issue. I want to know where the county stands on the mask issue where you stand because it's becoming it's becoming quite a thing. So where the county stands on that, and Dr. Bornstein has actually done a white paper or a position paper on it, and it's on our readyslow.org website. That's R-E-A-D-Y-S-L-O dot O-R-G. And it, the question does come up a lot. And where she stands, and she's a physician, and she's the public health director for the county, where she stands on that is, Look, if you're in a situation where you can't distance, like say you have to go to the grocery store where you can't distance, there's a lot of people around, uh, then yes, wear a mask. When you're at home, in your car, you know, outside, you don't need to wear a mask. And um, the the purpose of wearing a mask is not so much to to prevent somebody from getting something. It's to be worn by the person that's sick so they don't give their virus to somebody else. And some people, like you said, are asymptomatic. So it's not a bad idea. I, I notice, like, when I go into Vaughn's, they have a sign on the door that says you need to have a mask on, and I comply with that. But I, I, it's kind of funny because I see people driving in a car, and they've got their mask on, and they're the only one driving in a car. I totally, I I totally get that. No I'm like, what are you doing? And I just don't yeah. like the whole claustrophobic warm feeling. So I, you know, I put it on when I need to, and then the second I can, I, in a you know, thoughtful way, I Same with me. I, I kind of have a hard time breathing with them on. I mean, my nose is always stuffy anyway, oh so God. I have a little yeah. bit of a difficult time breathing. I'm totally so with I you. take, you know, if I go into the post office, I put it on, and and I, I just do it that way. But you've but got a lot of people thing, now who are like, it's becoming a thing, especially on social media and Facebook. You see people who are like taking these hard staunches, like the one dude in Costco. That guy went viral the other day. Not local, but there was a local one that kind of got a little bit of play because she went into like a local Smart and Final and was like. I'm not doing it, and they have their cameras rolling. 
I wonder if this is going to become a thing. I don't know. You you do have people that are really adamant on both sides of the aisle on that. You know, the way I look at it, if if you are a business owner, a restaurant or whatever, you do have a right to refuse service. I mean, you see the signs, no shoes, no service. So you have the right to do that. And as a consumer, if you don't like that rule, go shop somewhere else, right. the way I look at it. I, I, I don't... I am a little uncomfortable with the big nanny state, and I, I've got to say, I don't like how if you're not doing something, someone's you know calling you out, or what, it, that drives me crazy. And I do think we have a little of that going on right now. I mean, some of the calls we've gotten to our, our oh, the hotline, um, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, some of them are just crazy. Well, I, I had um, I had somebody you know I don't know if you participate in next door, and I try yeah, not to, but I, I, I was reading a comment the other day, and someone said. Two people are walking their dog, and they don't have masks on, you know, and they were going to call the county and somebody put the line. I thought, you know, they're probably family members, probably spouses or, or something like that, and they're walking their dog outside. They don't need a mask. You know, so it has gotten a little hypervigilant, which drives me crazy, and I, I do think you have people that think, you know, c- come on. I, I, one of the things that I think is a positive aspect of wearing a mask is, I don't know, I'm always sticking my hands in my mouth or biting a fingernail or something. I know. It, it, does, it prevents you. <laughs> from doing that That's you know true. so it's not as good muzzles you but you, you uh, gotta so, be mindful because you can't fiddle with the mask or else you're gonna totally that's re- right remove and, the whole purpose and people don't people don't handle them good so i was in the grocery store the other day and someone pulled the mask down and licked their finger to open a grocery bag <laughs> you know? and i thought really are you kidding me uh, so and there is data, which I have read on both sides of the fence, whether they work or whether they don't work. I'm not saying the masks that the physicians and the nurses wear are not effective. Those are. But whether the cloth masks are effective. Well, like wearing a bandana whether, that's just like flowy down your thing and you look like you're, you know, Wild right. West outlaw. And the I, particle I, size of the virus, is this, is it, um, you know, does it pass through? So there is a lot of controversial data out there about masks, but you know, as as far as we are at the county, we're not making them mandatory. And if you want to wear one, that's a good idea. If you want to wear one, it's especially a good idea if you're in settings where you can't maintain your distance or where there are a lot of people. I mean, it, it is an added layer of protection if you want to do that. And so sure. I'm doing it in those instances. But, you know, when I'm in my office and it's just Caleb and I, I'm not doing it, right. you know. Yes, yeah, Low County Supervisor Lynn Compton is up and at him in the morning. Coming up, I want to talk about, I'm curious just how, you know, what you're up to as far as if you're doing the hand sanitizer all the time you you know wiping down the groceries before they come in how everyone's got their own little systems you know i'm curious of yours we got lynn compton here she's up and adam in the morning it's coast 104.5 coast 104.5 up and adam in the morning on the phone slow county district supervisor lynn compton now this is maybe not the sexiest part of the conversation but if you are a member of this community this is real um in the news recently slow county announced an over $50 million budget shortfall. Obviously, we've been closed for a couple months. And I imagine we're going to see these in the individual municipalities, too. And, you know, we've seen, I mean, shoot in February, Slow City Council voted themselves another raise right as this was all coming on. I don't know how all this is going to happen. Talk to me from the county perspective what this really all means for us. You know, we just had kind of a prelude to what's coming with our budget, and, you know, we listened to the governor's revised May version, and it is not a pretty scenario. I mean, we we derive a lot of money from the, from the state that comes as pass-through and then goes to our programs for health and human services, et cetera. So um, that's going to be severely cut back. We're also a county that 
we survive on tourism, which that's been, Adam, kind of an interesting thing to look at because people are upset with tourism. They're upset with tourists coming here. We've taken some corrective actions, but yet our economy would not survive without tourists. I mean, we're really driven by tourism and agriculture in our county. So if we cut back on tourism, then we don't get that TOT tax, which is the the bed tax, the head and bed tax. And that really hurts us. But we're looking at almost 10%, at least a 10% drop in what we're going to have to deal with next year. We're looking at about a 50, up to a $56 million budget deficit. So what happens if we have that? It has to come out of programs. You know, you can make two choices. You can cut everything across the board. You can selectively cut, but everything we do at the county is services for for constituents. You know, it's either roads or it's, um, you know, things to help mothers, you know, with children or, you know, it's social services. I mean, so we have to look at cuts. I will tell you that this Board of Supervisors, since I've been on the board, which has been six years, has never taken a pay raise. And we have given pay raises to employees, almost every employee negotiating group has received a pay raise over those years. See, I like year. that because I, I didn't like that when that I read like, and I know you can't speak officially to it, but you know, especially when this is all going down and we're reading the news of this happening and this could be coming over here in February and, and the Slow City Council is giving their, themselves a second raise in like a year and a half. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, feel I like- can't speak to that. I don't know what they're doing up there, but I know we have never taken a raise. It, it, our board of supervisors has never taken a raise. And it's kind of funny because my ledge aid makes almost what I make. And I always say this is the worst paying job I have ever had when I worked in <laughs> private industry, you know, my whole career. And I knew that when I took it, you know, right. I, I did not take it for the pay. But, but yeah, we have just, I just in the past have always felt like when I had people, you know, we've, We've been through a lot in the last six years, and when I had people in in my district that, you know, are having two jobs to pay their rent and things like that, I always felt like it it wasn't fair to to do that. So um, I I know that we've done competitive analysis, and we are, like, one of the worst-paid boards of supervisors. Of course, we're a full-time board. There are some, you know, boards in some of the northern California counties where they only have 60,000, you know, constituents or less right. part-time yeah. or part-time city councils and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I know the situation is different with some of the city councils. Most of those people have full-time full-time jobs, teachers, whatever. Yeah. You know, with us, this is a full-time job, but we've had a, a majority on the board and never, never, never taken one, and I can't see us taking one now in, in this circumstance. But, yeah, there are going to have to be some really tough decisions made. There are going to have to be some tough cuts made. And, um, you know, it's going to be the services that, that people use to parks, to recreation, to things that, you know, people use. And so I've, I've always said through this whole process, the best thing we can do is, in a safe manner, get people back to working because then we have that revenue coming in. And if we don't have it, I mean, it's amazing that just two months off and we're over 50 million in the hole. Yeah. Well, and another another dilemma we have too is, you know, we've spent uh, outlaid a bunch of money for, you know, getting prepared in case we had, you know, a rush of cases that right. that came in sure. and a surge. And while we do expect over 90% reimbursement from the federal and the state government, but with everybody in the country asking for this aid, right. it may be 10 years in coming. So, we've expended over 11 million dollars on things and we we will not get that back right away. So um, it's, we're going to have some really difficult choices that no one's going to like coming forward in the next couple months. As you're aware, last night the governor granted our attestation clause, so um, small businesses can open a little bit further. Restaurants for in 
in service, um, you know, dining with mitigating factors and precautions, and also retail stores can open, too, again, with precautions. So we need to support those businesses, you know. I mean, especially, like, the, the restaurants, I mean, they just... You can't go two months without, without yeah. you know, having customers. Well, then when you come back, so, you're going to have to have 50% capacity. And I know that, you know, we're talking about being a tourism place and hotels are going to have to be kept at 50% for a while, uh, occupancy as well. So even when we come back, it's, I mean, it's still going to be a tough go for these people. It is going to be a tough go. And, you know, different municipalities, including the county, are looking at some pretty innovative options. It's not necessarily 50% capacity with the restaurants, but they have to maintain, you know, the six-foot distancing. But how do you do that in a building, you know, that is a particular size that can't expand? So some of the municipalities are looking at some unique options like, you know, maybe we move some seating outside and put it on the patio or maybe we close down a parking lot and do that. So, um, you know, planning departments are going to have to look at things a little bit differently to accommodate these businesses. But, you know, it's been kind of interesting because I I don't think people, we we take a lot for granted. I don't think people realize how important small businesses are to our economy. So in California, over 95% of the businesses in California are small businesses, which means they have under 100 people. So the majority of our businesses have under 100 people in California, and they're just, you know, your mom and pop operations. And of the small businesses, they contribute 40% to the workforce. So if you have all your small businesses hurting and out of work, that's 40% of your workforce in California. That's a, that's a huge economic segment that is hurting. Oh, yeah. And so we, we need to make sure we support them. And I think there is a responsibility of the small businesses to make sure that they provide a safe environment so that when clients come to, through the door, whether it's the restaurant or Marshalls or whatever the store is, that people feel like they're going to be safe. I mean, I don't want to go to a restaurant and feel like the cook is sneezing on my food. Exactly, you sure. know? So, so I, I actually, if anything good has come out of this, well, there's two good things. The animals at the animal shelter are getting adopted. But I if anything know. good comes out of this, there's going to be more safety protocols in place, which is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. I like how you said earlier, you're kind of in the middle here, really appreciating what both sides Obviously, we don't want a health concern here. We don't want our health workers overwhelmed, but we also don't want our businesses to go away. And we understand that there is dire circumstances on both ends of this spectrum. So I, I really appreciate this take of yours. Lynn Compton, Slow County Supervisor, is up and at him in the morning. What I'm curious about how you personally are dealing with some of these things. Are you kind of wiping down all your groceries before they come in the house, purelling all the time? I'm curious. Everyone's got their own system. You know, everyone's got their own thing. I'm curious what yours is. We'll continue with Lynn Compton, Slow County Supervisor, next. It's Coast 104.5 and Up and Adam in the Morning. District 4 Supervisor Lynn Compton, my supervisor crush. She is Up and Adam in the Morning. It's been a very fun conversation with you, Lynn. I know you got a lot to do, especially right now. You guys are very, very busy. I'm curious, though, what are you looking forward to getting back into? Is it the retail therapy is in a restaurant. Where are you looking forward to going back to first? Marshall's, my favorite store. <laughs> <laughs> Any restaurants you're looking forward to? Marshall's, Olive Garden. I don't know. I'm a cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many restaurants I can't wait to get into. Well, um, I, I, my girls and I eat out almost every night. You know, we, I, we do not cook in this family. It's just too hard to cook for three people. So we eat out almost every night, I yeah. mean, whether it's take home or whatever. So, yes, I'm really looking forward to eating out again and um, 
just going to Marshalls again, and just even if it's buying nothing, just to be able to shop. So, um, I'm, I'm, and I'm happy for the businesses. You know, I mean, th- this has been just so um, incredibly stressful to business sure. owners and filled with angst. And you know, what's going to be next? When is it? It due to no fault of their own, this happened. You know, yeah, I mean, when you course, think about that, course. this. They were put into a severe financial situation due to no fault of their own. What are you, so, as far um, as, like, personally, are you, like, Purelling all the time? Are you, like, wiping things down, being, like, groceries before they come in? Like, how, wh- where does this, like, sit in your mind? So you're so funny. Okay, so I grew up with a, a dad who was a dentist. And so we we always said he was a germaphobe. So in our household growing up, we didn't even have regular soap in the bathrooms. We had surgery soap in the bathroom. <laughs> so I grew up, you know, with thinking that way anyway and you know over the years the kids would drop something on the floor they go five second roll and say oh no you know so i i grew up really cautious anyway um you know i worked for two different pharmaceutical companies uh so i I mean i know the diseases that are out there and had a grandfather that had tuberculosis you know so I'm, i'm very aware of stuff like that anyway just because of my background and sure. the family that I grew up in. So I'm always cautious anyway. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not doing it any more than I would normally do it. I am wearing the mask, which, you know, of course, I've never worn before. Uh-huh. But I don't wash the groceries down when I come in the house. It was just a, there was just an article yesterday. This, it was a little contradictory from the Centers for Disease Control that said now they don't believe the virus um, lasts on yeah. things like groceries. I and know, boxes. and surfaces and stuff. It's like, what? But we're learning, you we know. I mean, true, you got to give them a little credit. And there's things, that, but it it is a virus. Viruses are fragile, you know. I mean, some can last on surfaces, some can't. But I I would say that that's the precaution I'm taking. I'm just I'm trying to wash my hands more, you know, than I did before. But I'm pretty cautious anyway. I'm not one of well, those you know people. What's that, crazy is that um, you know, because Trump says a lot of crazy things, and he said yes, some, he does. <laughs> he, he said something that is actually coming to fruition now, and this is about the ultraviolet light. And people were going, oh, my God, I can't. Yeah. But subways in New York are using ultraviolet light. And, and they said even just being outside can help. Yeah. You know, you're, well, and this is why we have a lot of problems in nursing homes. I mean, they never see the sun. Yes, they not, you know what I mean? And um, Well, and it's close quarters, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like the jail population of the yes. California men's colony, the, right. the federal penitentiary in Lompoc. When you have close quarters, you're going to transmit, you know, whether it's the flu or whatever. You know, it's funny because um, when this whole thing just, started and i think it was the night before we did our initial lockdown which was the day before the governor's i thought oh i better go stock up on animal supplies so i was up in san Luis and i stopped at the petco there and got into line and was talking to a man that was behind me and i don't know i think i had i think i had an interview on the radio that night or something i don't remember but i was kind of in a hurry to get to that and we somehow got chatting and um he owned a, a company that sold kind of like these big um like at the airports that you walk through security, you know, a big device, and you yeah. walk through it, and it was ultraviolet light. And he said, we sell these. It kills the virus. Here's my card. And he said, we don't have that many left. Send me an email. So I turned it over to our procurement department, and um, they talked to him. But but they are finding that. And this virus, it's my understanding, has a fatty kind of coating on it and fat as you know if it's heated it dissolves so i think that's why they're and i I wonder if that's why the rates in in florida are not as high as you would expect them to be with an elderly population maybe it's because you know it's out in the sun and the virus is killing it but yeah i am reading now with ultraviolet light you know that 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 works so i don't know that'd be a lot easier than spraying everything down with lysol and you know it's kind of crazy to be doing that like you said we're all learning right now we have uh 
District 4 Supervisor Lynn Compton up and at him in the morning. So good to talk to you. Thank you for being up and at him in the morning, Lynn. Okay, sounds good, Adam. Thanks. Have a great day. Up and at him in the morning. Up and at him in the morning.